Juggling Podcast number 62, an interview with Bram from Paul and Freddy. Hello and welcome to Juggling Podcast number... 62. Okay, if you want to say it fully, you've actually got to say it maybe a little bit quicker, okay? No, I want it to be a bit exciting, yeah. Ah, okay, so I'm like, uh, oh, people are wondering what the number's going to be. Is it going to be 62? Or 61? Maybe, we don't know. 63? Okay, so let's uh, get on with it. My name's Luke Boage, and sitting next to me is... Paul Laurentler. And we're recording this live in Berlin in it's our office. It's not live. Okay, we're pre-recording this to <laughs> stick on the beginning of the interview that we've got coming up later in the podcast with Bram. Um, I'm not going to attempt his second name. Anyway, Bram from Paul and Freddie. So it's Isn't it Paul? Paul. Paul. No, it's P-O-L. Paul. Really? Yeah, Paul, Paul. Paul and Freddie. Uh, yeah, so that's it. So uh, we're going to, uh, just a little bit of news. Of course, it's been a little bit, quite a while since this uh, last podcast that we put out, our report from the Chapter 2 Juggling Convention. And the reason is that, uh, well, we had this podcast ready to go. And of course, the week after that, Polo was working in Arkansas. That means we couldn't record it then. And then the day Polo comes back, then the very next morning, early the next morning, I flew off and... Uh, and uh, did a, a cruise ship gig for a week and a half, which meant we didn't actually have any time in that day to, to because record. Because we wanted to do something together. Yeah, because we were just doing other things and we were both really busy stuff to do together. And uh, and then, of course, I got home. And the same day that I got home last Wednesday, wasn't it? Wednesday morning yes. I got home, early morning, Wednesday morning. Um, my brother and his family arrived. So it's my brother, my <laughs> twin brother, his uh, wife, Shona, and um, three children, which, meant that, which means that for the past seven days we've had... Real children yeah, from like, one to four years old. Yeah, so uh, so real c- interesting kind of children. Oh, put it this way: we could have recorded something. We had time to record at some point, <laughs> but, but we never. It would have sounded like that in the background. Yeah, we never actually had um, the opportunity or any quiet at all. And then last night, no, two nights ago, we were like, okay, we can maybe record something. We said, okay, now the kids are asleep and uh, we're up in our little office place up here. And Paula and Shona, you've been watching some on TV, hadn't you? Yes. And so they were up here. And of course, the kids, one is like, what, two years old? How old is yeah, Kara? Two, like two and, and a half. Bit. The other one's eight month old. And they were just sitting there laying on the bed. Now, over the previous few days, they'd been sick a little bit, or one of them had been sick. Just one. Yeah. Just one, seven had been uh, had been pretty sick. So what had happened was that we uh, we I was always like, okay, put put stuff down here and put there. And I was sitting there thinking, okay, I've got two children on not on Nathan and Shona's like not on the spare bed, but on our bed, and they were both asleep with their mouths open, laying sideways with their mouths like directed directly at our sheets onto our sheets. And I was Kara's thinking, was laying on her back. Yeah, but I was actually. Which- which comes in quite important later. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. So I was sitting there thinking, okay, is it? would it be a little bit too much of a dick of me to say, look, guys, I'm really uncomfortable with babies that I know one of them is vomiting. It's a bit better now. I, is it really okay? Maybe if you could just like get the kids off my bed. But I thought, no, I won't say that because it's it's not the nicest thing to say. It's like, I don't trust your children not to, to vomit everywhere. So I just thought, oh, I'll just let it go. I'll just let it go. So... um. 
and then we were sitting here and I was doing You some... were starting to, to yeah, yeah, prepare I, yeah, the stuff preparing for the and stuff like that. And I had just another few bits to do and Polo was doing a little bit of pieces a few little bits and pieces as well. So uh, there I was sitting there and um, suddenly I heard this Anyway, Polo, you take over the story because it's quite funny. Yeah, because I was just sitting next to Karis to the two and a bit yelled and she she just vomited laying on her back still being asleep and it came out of her mouth but not like you know it like a fountain like kids sometimes vomit it was more like a volcano bubbling like and was that red stuff coming out of her mouth though i i turned her over because I didn't want her to uh, to what like when you breathe your yeah, own yeah. vomit choke in. on your own vomit. It's not a it's not yeah. A good so thing. I I I just moved her to the side and shouted for her mum because I just didn't want to cope with that. Yeah. And so I moved her so that she could vomit better onto our bed. Yeah, but and she was fine. Accordingly, better. there was vomit on every single piece of sheet, every pillow cover, every duvet cover, yes, everything. Yeah, that's true. Um, which was interesting. So that pretty much which took was up the rest. quite impossible. Yeah, as well, it did manage to get a long way. But anyway, that was uh, interesting in the fact that then we didn't have any time to do it. Then, then last night we're thinking, okay, maybe next tomorrow we night. ran out of sheets over the whole week. Yeah, we're constantly putting sheets in the wash to wash them and stuff. So because they vomited just everywhere. And and then yesterday, well, it was Polar's turn to start vomiting. So uh, Polar's been a bit ill for the past day so that's uh, we put it off a little bit further i vomited pink because we had red cabbage <laughs> i vomited pink okay let's move on so disgusting okay, and a- i vomited more like a fountain <laughs> like a okay let's move on let's get away from vomit talk um and <laughs> let's move on to some juggling news um i did a cruise ship gig <laughs> I, it was good i had a lot of fun there i didn't do too well at one point a, a speaker exploded next to my ear or oh, wasn't you a speaker? didn't tell me yet oh yeah it was i, I guess i just forgot to mention that bit it was really bad because i was setting up and um i think there was a little bit of trouble with the speaker system beforehand like the pa system where i was performing it was like in this atrium in the, one of the big sort of open spaces in the middle of the cruise ships like three stories high and people can stand around three levels of balcony or two levels of balcony in the ground and sort of like the ground floor on deck four and uh, and they said can you do that so normally people play the piano there or bands play there singer will play there they said we want you to do some juggling i was like fair enough no problem at all about that so there I was doing it. I've done it a few times already on the cruise. It was a cruise from uh, Portugal across to Miami, so lots of sea days. Um, so there I was on Hell. the last day. What? Hell. I had quite a good fun, fun time, I think. Anyway, so there I was, and um, I was standing next to the uh, speaker, six rings in hand, ready to start this thing, and he pressed play, and it was the loudest noise I've ever heard. And it just went... Oh, and uh, just came through really, really, really loud. And I sort of like was blown across the stage. Well, I wasn't blown across the stage. It was just like I was just like and and got away from it as quickly as possible. And then the technician didn't even look at me, which was a bit a bit annoying. And then he sort of worked it out and he started the music again and turned the music right down. But it was just really bad because uh, like I've done workshops. And I think I did a podcast about it, avoiding technical trouble trouble on stage. But when you're standing in front of a speaker and it's just you can't avoid it. Yeah, you can't avoid it. And it was really, really bad. And I was really thrown off i couldn't even do like a five ball three up pirouette which is just a very simple trick for me you know loads of space light was good and all that but i think it was sort of something in my ear because when he, when it went off i sort of jerked my head away so quickly and my just this massive migraine for the rest of the evening i was meant to be doing more shows in there i just said to them nah can't really do it so that was my my little uh bad juggling experience otherwise the, the cruise ship gig went quite well Except for that, <laughs> I guess went pretty well. Um, it was just the sort of the, the the venue itself that I was performing in in the Explorers Lounge wasn't really perfect for my uh, for my full show. 
Anyway, Pola, you had a bit of news. Juggling Catacomb and Open Stage are starting back up again. Do you want to say a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, true. Um, last weekend, uh, my parents were here to visit me, and we went to the Open Stage of the Catacomb. Two weekends ago. Two weekends ago, okay. Yep. Um, and it wasn't that interesting. It wasn't that great. It wasn't that unexpected. <laughs> Why? Because you'd seen the acts before? or, or just I've what? seen some of the acts before. And to be honest, the act that I have seen before was the, still the best. Who was that? It was the two guys playing the Diablo. Oh, yeah. Benny, Benno and no, Johannes. No, 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 no. Not them. The really oh. tall guy. Oh, no, I haven't seen that before. It was the really tall guy and another guy, but I've seen the act before, but oh, with another with do, two, two other people, okay. <laughs> and that was really good. The guy doing, you've seen it before, doing the the kind of beatbox and that music thing that they all do. Oh, yeah, yeah but with the looping music, nice. looping music kind and of thing. And Diablo, and it's a really nice act. Okay. The I didn't like the rest as much as I like that act. Okay, the rest Even of Even if it was really good. The rest of the acts were lacking in some regard, in your opinion. Yeah. Okay, so what was the reason you actually went along to see it with your parents? Why did you take your parents along to see a juggling show? Um, to be honest, I thought Sergei Ignatov would perform. Yeah, if you don't know Sergei Ignatov, one of the best jugglers, the greatest jugglers in the world, generally considered one of the most fantastic legends of juggling, is teaching at the Catacomb. And at the moment, maybe we should do an interview with him. That would be pretty cool, I think, if we can go along there. Um, so anyway, Polo's thinking, oh, of course, he's teaching there. He'll be doing... A show like, no, no, like everyone Ke- said that. Okay, well, Victor Key did when he was doing a workshop there. He did a uh, we actually did a whole podcast about that night because it was a really, really interesting show, a really good, fun show. Um, so what happened then, Polly? He didn't perform, and I thought, oh, it would be that I'm too cool to be backstage performance because he was still sitting in the in the row in front of me, and I thought, okay, he'll be last act, and I thought, oh shit, that show will go forever when he's still not stood up, and then I thought, oh my god, he should get ready. Until the point that I expected him to just get up from his seat mm-hmm. because he wanted to see the show and mm-hmm. do his act. But then I thought, that's so not him. I mean, uh, I guess he's some kind of person who really prepares yeah. before an act. Unlike um, Victor Key, who turns up and he was filming other acts and messing around. Mm-hmm. And then he turned up like two acts beforehand and we're like, oh, we need your music, get your iPod, fix it all up and stuff like that. And we we're all running around like in the, in the one act yes. before his. So, it was quite so I didn't expect that from Sergei Ignatov. Okay. And it wasn't. <laughs> It he just didn't perform. He just didn't perform. It was um, Marco with his last act, and he had an act before in okay. the show. And, and then, the last act. And the last act, which was introduced like, Marco has that one-hour show that mm-hmm. he normally performs. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how long he'll be now. Oh, great. And I was already thinking, oh, I can't sit anymore. I, I'd like to leave. But of course, I would never leave like while an act is on or yeah. when someone comes on. And it was it was nice. I haven't seen that bit of Marco before. Yeah. Um, he's definitely getting better with the audience. Yep. Also, the people next to me said that. I mean, I've seen him in Brugge and there he played with the audience a bit. Yeah, yeah. So I even know that of Marco now. <laughs> but hey. 
Well, actually, after we finished up our report from the on the from the, the uh, chapter two convention, and we did all our bits and pieces, you know, we did our highs and lows. After you had gone, Marco did his full show, and uh, I only. I know we so- talked about that. No, no, we last- didn't. No, we no? didn't on the last one because it happened after we finished talking about it. You oh, know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was after you went. So uh, I actually stayed for a little bit, you know, because I was driving back to Berlin that night. But we thought, oh, we'll stay until after Marco's show is finished. So we. Uh, so we so we did, uh, but I only saw a little bit. But I was really hungry, so during his show, I went and got some food. And then once I got some food, I brought it back and ate it at the top there, and I sort of got back in time to finish it. And there was some good stuff in it, but um, I, I think I need Marco in smaller doses now. Like I say, you need to sort of hold off. Although we did get that because he was in that some chewing gum advert, which was pretty cool. So, oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. was cool. Um, maybe you can find the link of that. I think it's so on next the, act twenty five seconds. Yeah, yeah, a, a thirty five <laughs> second act from Marco. Woo! Uh, no, just check on the Ministry of Manipulation blog for that video. There's the link on there on there after Marco's video. Anyway, tell a bit about where your dad was sitting in the in the show. Oh that was yeah, funny. yeah. Um because we came late mm-hmm. we saw the first half from upstairs. Yep. And for the second half, like after the break, we tried to find some seats uh-huh. with our friends. And there was one seat free there and one seat empty here and one there. And I put my dad next to Karl Heinz seat Karl Heinz Seithen. Seithen. Karl Heinz Seithen. 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 Yeah. Whatever. We're just sitting here repeating Seithen back and forth to each other. <laughs> and Sergei Ignatov. Yeah. Which I thought was quite funny. Because that was the only spare seat and nobody else dared yeah, to sit no between them. Yeah, no one else them. wanted to sit there. No, not between them. It was just in a row. Like uh, okay. Karl Heinz Seithen and then Sergei Ignatov, my dad. But then I was suddenly really scared because... As I said, the, the show was quite boring and we had a really long, long day outside, a lot yeah. of fresh air. And I thought, oh, please, Dad, please don't fall asleep. And I was so, beforehand, I was already so embarrassed <laughs> that he might fall asleep Yeah. next to these people. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, so half of the show was watching my dad. Back hat, and half of the show was watching the show. Uh, just but to he make didn't sure he do that nodding, that nodding thing. So yeah. I asked him later, but he did fell asleep. But he made sure that he wouldn't nod. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wouldn't nod nod off as he goes along. Okay, that was that was quite interesting. Well, it's a pity that the show wasn't uh, great. One final bit of juggling news. I'm actually doing. My parents mo- enjoyed it. Oh yeah, way. okay. But they still fell asleep. It was a long day. Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, my, my final bit of news is that I said at the beginning of the year, one of my big goals for the year, and I think it was for last year, was to do my own juggling workshops. And starting this weekend, I'm doing it. One workshop every Saturday in the whole of November. Not really got a lot to say because it's pretty much only for the people in Berlin because nobody's going to travel to Berlin one day a week for five weeks um, to take part. So, uh, yeah, if you don't know about it, uh, check it out. Send me an email if you want to know more. It's all about being about uh, like becoming a professional juggler. So I'm not going to teach any juggling skills as such. It's more like uh, what to do on stage, how to avoid technical problems, choice of music, all that kind of stuff. It's Exploding good. speakers. Exploding speakers, what to do in that situation if you have blood dripping out of your ear when you're on stage. Um, which hasn't happened to me very often. Probably you've got to stop fiddling with the microphone because it's really loud in my sorry, ears. Sorry, but my arm is hurting. Okay, I'm very sorry. Anyway, a bit of feedback. I'm actually looking through trying to find some uh, the feedback that I had here. Can't find it at all. Anyway, good good feedback from the uh, Chapter 2 report and lots of people enjoyed it. And also I got a, a, a message from someone in uh, Sweden or Finland. Mm-hmm. I can't actually remember who sent it to me. It was on Facebook. I can't remember who sent it. It said, what about this year's Top 40 Jugglers of the Year poll? And to be honest, I completely forgotten about it. I guess I'll, uh, I'll do it. I just 
don't really have a lot of time to I do already it. decided for my top 10 jokes. Yes, yeah, we were talking you about it. You didn't forget it. We yeah. talked about it on Chapter 2 convention, I think it was. Yeah, we, we had a discussion about it then. but Because I'd... I wrote it down in my magazine oh, of yeah. Chapter 2. Yeah, yeah, that's right, actually, which I have uh, here somewhere. Um, yeah, so I was, we were talking about it then, but I forgot that I actually had to post it up online. Okay. It's not just recording the podcast. It's putting the post up, <laughs> collecting all the posts together, going through all of them, working out who's won, putting it all into the list, you know, having something okay, maybe to say about all to do. Yeah, I, I, but I'll I'll do the poll, but I may not do a full sort of rundown or big counting up kind of thing, countdown thing. I'm not really sure. Anyway, I think that's enough of us. Let's get straight to the poll. You've got to stop fiddling with the microphone because it's like, just <laughs> like hold it in your hand. Um, so let's get to the interview, which is a really good interview, I think. Uh, it was actually, lovely. I know, because Bram can really, really talk a lot. And that's what you need for interviews. That's what I've noticed. A lot of jugglers, they're quite quiet. You know, you think, oh, can you, do you want to come on the interview? You know, this, you know, do it on the podcast and uh, promote yourself. Well, it's not so much promote yourself, but sort of like tell people about yourself. But there's never really any motivation to do that. It's not like a, people go on a book tour and they go on to all these different oh, TV, on TV shows. Yeah, on a TV show, and they're like, okay, now you're on TV. Tell us all about it. And they're trying to, you know, they're trying to pimp something. They're trying to. Sell I was on TV last yeah. week. Oh yeah, it's another little bit of news. Anyway, let's get away from that. Maybe you mentioned that at the end. Let's get onto this interview. Like, bah, bah, bah. I'm just trying to introduce the interview. Let's get to it. Ram from uh, Paul and Freddie. Uh, we won't tell. I won't tell you more about it now because he pretty much tells you everything you need to know about him and the team and the I'm things sure that he's doing. Everything. Um, probably quite a bit. So, without any further ado, let's get to it. Joining Polar and uh, myself now is Bram. Bram, can you just say your full name properly? Bram Dobbelare. Say again. Bram Dobbelare. Bram Dobbelare. Polar, go for it. Lullacop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice interview when people start insulting you at, at the start of it. But at least, at least she's insulting you in your own language. That's, that's really kind of you. So, Bram, why don't you just tell us a little bit about, sort of, uh, a little bit about yourself. Like, you're from Belgium. You're like one of the better-known uh, jugglers from Belgium. Just tell me a little bit about maybe the juggling scene in Belgium. Um, juggling scene in Belgium. Quite small. Everybody knows each other. I started juggling uh, 10 years ago, way too late, 20 years, 21 years old, so way too late to get any good. So, and then lots of, lots of uh, juggler hobbyists, all people who train together, have fun together. Not so many people that went to big circus schools like Isaac, but uh, yeah, like, I, I think I know, sometimes I, I think I know everybody, but... I know 20, 30 jugglers in Belgium. There must be more, but uh, most of them train around Ghent, where we live all now, and we have our own training space, so that's cool. That's cool. Some of the uh, the first time I think I saw you juggling was probably at the EJC, one of the EJCs, but especially in 2003 in Svenborg, and you were, were you part of the group, or was it Circulation Local? Yes, yes, yes. We were the guys who, like, manipulated the, the field and the, the hillside with... Four shows or three shows, I think. Polar, how many shows did you see of those guys? Four. Polar actually sat there and watched all four of the shows. <laughs> Every single show I watched. And it was the only shows that I watched at all at the EJC. That's pretty cool. Oh, except for the Renegades, I guess. Oh, yeah. But, it, yeah, if you want to call them show. 
So, uh, actually, I remember that too because once I was walking along and outside the tent um, near one of the main gyms was the uh, a fan club that was set up and it was the Luke, Malta and Bram fan club. Do you remember this? Yes, yes, I remember this. And it was uh, because not so much because of our juggling skills, I guess, but much more because we were good looking. That was amazing. I never had a fan club because of that. So, yeah, yeah it was a, one of the coolest things ever happened in my life. I think. It, this is mine, too, because it's like my only fan club ever, I think. Uh, I think it's my only fan club ever. And, and at the time, I was like, okay, I know who I am. I know who Malta is. And I was like, who's Bram? And I was asking around, who's Bram? Who's Bram? I was going, oh, is it this guy? No, that's not Bram. I know it's not that. And I didn't actually know who you were until someone said, oh, he was one of the guys who was on the hill all the time, uh, jumping around and backflipping or whatever you do. All the, all the time, all the time. We had such a great time there. Really, really. Because we, we just planned on playing once, uh, because not a lot of people know this, but actually for, for uh, if you have a street performance, playing at the EGC is an incredibly good idea because you can get lots of contracts. Out of Svenberg we get like 10 contracts because lots of other jugglers or organizers as well, and sometimes of just conventions, but sometimes also they have a street theater festival somewhere in Germany, whatever. So it was a really good idea. We didn't plan it to be like this, but it was a really good idea. And then we played once, and then it was so much fun. And some people came and said, hey, one more time. And then finally we ended up doing it almost every day we were there. Did you do it in the gym on the last day as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that as well. I missed that one. That was Carvin. In Carvin, we did it on the last day inside. Ah, yes, I remember now. In Denmark, we we did it uh, four times in front of the hill. And then from there you moved... Oh, Pola. Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, the one in Lille just didn't get to the ones in, in Denmark. We were looking forward to the show the whole week because we thought, oh, yeah, cool show. And then it was a bit disappointing because we just expected Denmark again. Yeah, it was, it was, it's, a, it's hard to get the, the same magic every time. And for, but it's like um, the setting in Svenberg was perfect. You have, it was sunny all the time. There was only falafel to eat. There was a swimming pool, and then there was this perfect hillside, sun going down, lots of shows afterwards. So for us, it was perfect. And and then playing in the gym under uh, under the lights was not at all what... We felt the same way. After the show, you go... Just, just tell us a little bit, actually, the kind of things that you're doing in that group. Because, of course, we're saying, oh, it's fantastic, it's great. But people listening uh, on their iPods while they're juggling now or walking their dogs and stuff, they don't actually know what they did. So tell us a little bit about the kind of juggling you did there, and then we'll move on to uh, more recent projects that you've done. Um, it was, uh, it was the, the time of the, the, the Backstreet Boys and, the, and the, uh, uh, Take That. So we, we kind of had a, a persiflage, a parody on the, on the Backstreet Boys in a circus kind of way. So we were waving our hips around and pretending to be rock stars, while we were not. And the juggling was, was um, yeah, um, I, I'm really bad at Diabolo. But we, we were good at faking. <laughs> Technically, we weren't that good at all, but we were very good at faking we were good. Yeah. So Sandra was doing some basic Diablo tricks, but was jumping around all the time. So it looked really impressive. Yeah, I got a fantastic photo of you all doing three, di- you know, one Diablo each, and you're all sort of like off the air at the same time because you're all sort of jumping up and down. You're just speeding the Diablo, but jumping up and down at the same time is really dynamic, really interesting. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's really that's faking it, doing basic tricks and then do to distract the attention to the fact that you're just doing like the elevator, for instance. But on Backstreet Boys music, I think everything is cool. I'll take your word for it. So, moving on then, I mean, you, you uh, I guess you're, uh, since then you've been a professional juggler, yeah? 
Yeah, that was the the first show we ever did, and then since then we decided this is so much fun and we can make a little bit of money with it. So perfect, perfect deal. Tell us a bit about some of the other projects you've been working on since then. Of course, uh, I've seen you in um, Paul and Freddie and Shake That as well, sort of like a last-minute stand in there as well. Tell us a little bit about those projects, starting with um, uh, Paul and Freddie, Freddie and Paul, whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's Paul and Freddie. I don't know why we. We we were looking for a really cool name like with like Prince does with like uh, numbers in English that also mean words like for you or you too, and then we it didn't work out so we thought of the two most stupid names we could think of at that moment Belgian names and for us we saw Paul and Freddie really stupid characters so it started out like that and then wait okay let me just say there's there's you and there's Sandra what's Sandra's full name Sander de Kuiper. And uh, who is Fred, Freddy, and who is Paul? I'm Paul and he is Freddy. And I don't know why, but people always think it's the the, the other way around. I don't know why, but people think my character should be named Freddy. But I'm Paul. And it's it's, it's called Freddy. I don't know why. And uh, tell us a little bit about what you kind of do in this. It's mainly club juggling, but also a lot of playing around. So just sort of talk us through the show. For people who haven't seen it, what kind of things do you do? Well, we arrive in this really stupid, goofy-looking... It's not a golf cart, it's a really small, stupid car. We pretend to be uh, some kind of tuning freaks, people who like beats and has fast cars. Then we set out the scene, we take out the clubs. I have a one, one little toy, I don't know what it's called uh, internationally, but we call it the flooper. It's, it's one of these like, uh, like half uh, circle, no, not semicircle, like a, a little bit of a sphere, and you turn it inside out, and it's made of rubber, and then it goes pop, and it flicks into the air. Yeah, that's it. We call it a popper from now on. And for, for a popper, uh, that's a, that's, let's call it a popper. And the popper is like the red line throughout the whole show. It comes back and forth every, every single time. And then we do lots of club manipulation. Everything is with two persons. There, there's no solos except a little bit from Sander. And we do one club with two people, three clubs, and five clubs. And we try to avoid the obvious, the classic passing patterns and try to do more. I manipulate the club before I pass it to Sandra, who manipulates it in another way. Uh, and we try to, yeah, to, to make that work for us in a new way. Uh, and then uh, at the end, we, we eat uh, one half a kilo of yogurt while throwing the spoon around. And then you finish off with some five clubs. Yeah, yeah, we finish off with some five clubs. And also, the, a lot of it is not just about the juggling and about what you do, it's how you do it. Uh, just tell us a little about the style, the, the two characters and, and how they talk to each other. But they don't talk, I mean, how they interact with each other. But we, 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 we're really... Um, it's, it all starts in, in rehearsing, we just goof around. And the stupidest ideas, that's mostly the ideas we like, we like a lot... Uh, absurd humor, uh, really childish. It's like two kids playing around, or two not so intelli- not so intelligent friends, we can say. Yeah. And that's that's uh, that's what we try to. And there's a little bit Sander. He's a little bit in control of me. I'm a little bit more, even more stupid than he is. But he's already really stupid. So I don't know how the inter- that's. It's when, when we perform not when we perform for jugglers. They go, I really we we not like the the manipulation and stuff like that. But pe- when we perform in the street, people never come to talk us about the juggling. They just they don't give a damn. They always come to talk to us about the, the goofy stuff, and they like how we interact with each other. So that must be a big part of the show. 
Yeah, because like I noticed that as well. I mean, the, the juggling is fantastic, but you just how you've got the big ball and you bounce it, and and then you what is it? You put the ball away and you start bouncing sand. I can't remember exactly what happens there, and then you throw the ball back. That is the 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 key thing for me. That's the key sort of character interaction there with that with the ball and with the yogurt pot. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. But it's 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 a uh, it's uh, teasing each other a lot in a nice way. I mean, he hits me on the head like eight times with a club during the whole show, but it's. In our little world, it's okay. You can do that. Except one of you—is it you who throws a strop and you go in and you sit in the car and you sort of like throw? You're like you know, you It's my favorite bit. Yeah. How one of you—is it you or is it Sander who goes into the car? I can't remember. Yeah, after after he hits me in the head like five or six times, I go fuck this. I'm out of here. And it's so much fun to be like a little child, like. Nyeh! And that's that's true. It's a, it's a part people love because it's so. It's it's because you can you can rec- recognize it when you've been little as a, as a small kid. There's always been a moment where you just go, Nyeh! and that's that's I can do that as a grown up during a show. It's great. Um, one thing that I did find a bit weird is that you just said it before that you don't have like a straight character and sort of like the Joker and the straight. You know uh, that you don't have that dynamic. How did you come to that, or did you did you just like with your characters? Did you just like experiment and just keep playing, and you found you both had playful characters, or did you actually try with one of you as the straight man or the other person as the straight man? Do you understand the question there? Yeah, but we in the beginning we were. In the beginning, we were more equal, like just playing around. We worked with some some uh, two people who watched the show, who gave some help directing it, and and after we experimented with with uh, mostly with Sander being the classical white clone and me being more the, the 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 funny one, but neither of us was really at ease in the in the black and white uh, relation, because it's it's much it's 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 much more fun to be able to do both. I like that it's it changes sometimes. I mean, uh, when Sander, he can hit me on the head a couple of times, so I'm really like, he's like the white clown at that point. But I can have my revenge later. I can hit him incredibly hard in his head with a big yellow ball. So I like that it's, I think there's a little bit the classical white clown uh, uh, August kind of thing, but it switches a lot, and that's, that's what we like. That's cool. And another thing that I noticed, not so much a criticism, it's just that with you say, getting away from the characters, back to the juggling here as well. I really liked, when I saw your routine, I, I saw it uh, in Berlin for the last time, yeah. I saw it, and the one club manipulation between two people I thought was fantastic. And the three clubs, I really found it stepped on a level, and you could really do a lot more. But then when you did the five clubs between the two people, it was just like, oh, we've just seen this with the three clubs and the one clubs, and it just felt a little bit tacked on. It's like, oh, we've got to finish with the five clubs. And I would actually thought it had been stronger to maybe, maybe go back to one club again or maybe two clubs or just like stick with three for another section rather than going to five because I actually it felt like you were like okay now I'm going to do the five club juggle to finish and it's like oh you messed it up and now you're going to do it again it's like it's just like I, don't forget about that eat, yeah. eat some more yogurt get some balls you know throw some balls around and just play with one club again and I, yeah. I know it's not so much a criticism but like I say it's, it, most people don't see the juggling but for me that was the thing that stood out it's like okay you, you, you pushed it too far with the juggling I think yeah. even I, I think I think we have a. Sometimes we, sometimes it works out like this. Sometimes it doesn't. But we, I, I I there's an overdose somewhere, and it's, it's the problem is we had we made lots and lots and lots of material, and we love all we loved lots of the material we made, and then then we worked with some people who said okay but this three club routine it's really too long so we took it, oh, it was so hard but we took some parts out. And I still think we can. You're right when you say it. We still, I think, so we could take out some of the five club mostly because then 
it has been a lot of clubs and being at five clubs it doesn't add so much to the show and it's also when one it's also uh, with one club we are totally free I mean I don't stress about the technique at all and Sander either because it's only one club it's easy so you can be full full on the game you can play with the audience then three clubs a little bit more concentration on the clubs there but still haha, uh, having contact with the audience but when we do six clubs most of the time we just go okay five clubs this is serious let's focus on the clubs and we forget about interacting with the audience that's what I'm saying like the characters lost there you sort of like say you just you pushed a little bit far. I, again I don't want to criticize that but it was something that I I noticed about like your characters just when you really want the like the big finale with the characters suddenly you pick up five clubs and you lose it and it's like and then the the juggling just didn't carry it through to the end for me at the yeah. end but it's it's we 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 basically still every single time we play we change a lot of things because we keep we keep trying to get it Perfect. Like we like we played it fifty times this summer, I think, and we played some perfect ones. Really, where everything just is, everything you do is funny. The technique passes. The, the crowd goes wild, and then you think, "Ha ha, we've got it!" From now on, every single time is going to be like this. And then the next time you play, and you suck. So it's it's still every time we we try to 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 change little parts to and 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 your observation is really interesting for us because we can. It's um, we've been feeling like that a lot since uh, a lot, but uh, somebody putting it into words helps a lot to for us to. It's nice to hear people say, "Oh, we loved it. Nice, nice." But it's also really interesting to get some more to the point uh, ideas. So, um, Polo, you got another question about Paul and Freddie, Freddie and Paul? Because uh, otherwise, we can move on to different things. No, I think that's it for me. Okay then. So, um, so. Oh, actually, just one final thing because we talked about all the juggling and the technique. Just go over, sort of like break down one of the one or two of the things that you do with, say, one club or three clubs. And could you just actually talk about specifically the style of the juggling? I know it's hard when just yeah. talking about it because it is like a very specific specific style. Maybe you can say where you got your ideas from, where your influences from, with your sort of like two-person, one-club manipulation thing. Well, we 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 got uh, influenced a lot by uh, Les Pas en Rond. It's uh, two French jugglers from Le Lido. They stopped touring now, but they were lots into club manipulation. And then uh, Etienne and Morgan, Morgan, everybody knows him now. They had this duo in um, their a duo in um, in a street performance where they do three balls, three balls, very fast, very on a very on a very small table, lots of interaction. And we st- we liked that so much, so we thought let's let's try where it can get us with clubs. And they, we asked them how they worked, so. But with one club, it's just mostly goofing around that helped us out. And it's uh, if with, like with one exercise, uh, Sandra has his arms crossed behind his back. He holds one club on the on the biggest. How do you say the the, the fat end? The fat end. That's it. Uh, and then you have the, the basically you have the roll from one hand to the other. So you can do it normally as a single person. You can do that, but we do it with Sander standing like this. I'm behind him, take his shoulders, and I make him go. Wah! <laughs> I don't know how to translate the Wah! in uh, in words, but I make him do the movement. So it's a lot of you're like a puppet master. Yeah, yeah, I'm like a puppet master at that point, and it's a lot of pushing each other, making the other. If somebody has the club, you push him so he turns around, so the club comes the other way around, so you can catch it again. Uh, using the body a lot while performing one club tricks. Yeah, sure. I actually do. I saw the Le Passant Round. What, what's the group again? Le Passant Rond. 
Yeah, I saw them at the Toulouse convention a few yeah. years ago that I went to, and I really... The, the really, the last one. Yeah, it was their last ever show. They, they, they'd been performing this show for 10, 11 years or something, and they said, tonight will be the final time they do the show. And they finish the show, and they put everything into, a, uh, into the wooden box. And the people are going, more, more, more. And instead of saying more, no, they said, no, that's finished. They got out nails, and they nailed their prop case shut. And they said, that's it. That's the last time we're doing the show. And it's the first time I ever saw the show, and it was the last time they ever performed it. So I was like, phew. <laughs> Yeah, for me too. I was like, I wanted to see them for a long time, and I was like, Boudou la Jongle, la last chance, and I got it. Yeah, yeah, because they performed at the EJC, I think, in Caravan, didn't they? But I didn't see them there. I can't remember. I can't remember if it was that convention or a different convention at the EJC. Also, in in uh, the first ever time I saw them was in a video of Grenoble, oh, okay. the the convention before Carrozzo, the first yeah. long time ago, and and I saw the video, and I was like, go. Really smooth stuff. And again, I can see that uh, Paul and Freddy is a continuation. Okay, let's move on. Take, tell us a little bit about Shake That, because you stepped in to Shake That. That's another sort of like addicted crew kind of, yeah. Belgium kind of juggling. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, Sander, he broke his foot last summer with a... Uh, no, two, yeah, last summer uh, during a Paul and Freddy show here in this place. We performed downstairs. He jumped from my shoulders and from the stage and broke his foot. Nice. Yeah. And uh, and then everybody was a little bit was the middle of the summer, so Paul and Freddie we had one month of shows cancelled, and then Shake That as well, which was stupid. Uh, they are five cocktail jugglers, flair bartending uh, kind of thing, and I said to Gub, which is uh, one of the guys from uh, Shake That, but I can I, I think I can do it. <laughs> was it stupid? Was it your idea? Yeah, because because I, we were uh, Paul and Freddie were a little bit depressed during going shit in the middle of the summer. This is really bad news. And then I saw the guys from Shake That going, fuck, summer is completely over. So I thought, no, no, let's not stop two shows. Let's try to keep one show running. And I've, see, I've seen the show. Uh, I've seen it grow from the start, so I know all of them. So I said, I, I think I can do it. I can, fake, I, I, can, I can fake being a bartender. And then I had two days of, uh, of uh, rehearsing. And then two days later, I played with one of the guys every time standing next to me going, now take the bottle turn around and throw the lemon to your right because the hardest part is not the tricks because the tricks are not so hard uh, the hardest part is in a 45 minute show you have to do a million things so it was getting the order right I saw this show twice in the, the Athens at the EJC in Athens and the first time I saw it from the front and the second time I came around the side and I watched it from the side and from the front because there's a bar in the way because they're all doing flare stuff there's lots of people standing up and sitting down it all looks sort of it doesn't look controlled but it looks like everyone's in control and then watching five guys on their knees like running around on their knees actually comes uh, Bram's doing it for us now yeah give it a bottle and then people are literally and you were the person being pushed the most even because you've done it like eight times like performed it eight times or nine times by then but people are actually still pushing you into position and grabbing you and pulling you and holding you yeah of course I, they had to they had to really by the end of the summer I got it but in the beginning it was uh, mostly they, they helped me out uh, a lot but it, it's way better for, I, I know people liked it in Athens but with Sander it's way better I was just it's, it's strange to I never Every single show I performed, I was I made it with some other people, and this is the only show you 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 perform in, and you don't really make it. And at the end, it's really bizarre. You're standing on the bar, people are going, yeah! and you feel like saying, no, but not really. It's it's not. I'm just this this guy made the show. It's not. I don't take it as much with as much pleasure as yeah, you. You don't have any ownership of the show. No, no. You, you feel like you feel like a complete fraud. In fact, when you're standing there going, taking all the applause for something you didn't really make. So, but did you take over Sander's uh, character, or did you make your own character a bit? 
A little bit of the two. Uh, and it was nice to see also that because Sander, he saw the show lots of times uh, with his feet uh, hurt. And he saw me. And then when he came back, he took over some of my little goofy stuff. So I took some of his and I had some of mine. But it was easy to play. It's like if macho bartender. It's not the, the description of the job is not so hard. You just go, ha ha, hey there, good looking. And uh, you show a lot of chest hair. And then that's it almost, I think. And you have plenty of chest hair, do you? I do, I do, I do. So where you sat when you stepped out the group again? No, no, I was really, I was really glad because I'm this, 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 uh, this, this group. Shake that! It's like in Belgium we have. There must be the most five, the five most chaotic people there are in Belgium, and that's sometimes it's really nice. So I had so much fun. I was laughing all the time because everything goes wrong in this show. You, you've seen it behind the bar. It's chaos. It's mayhem. And then after one month, I was going. Phew. So much fun, but touring with them forever, no way, no way, no way. I like them so much, but touring with them, no way. But something he can deal with it. No okay, then. Paul, another question? Okay, let's just move on. One final thing, or oh, two things that I want to talk about. We'll get to the, a little bit about this convention at the end. First of all, a new project featuring, featuring seven people that we saw on stage for the first time last night. Tell us a little bit about this, who's involved and what the plan is, because... I mean, I don't know anything about it. Polo doesn't know anything about it. Saw you on stage for the first time last night. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, basically, it's Sander and me with uh, Jordan, which is Sander's younger, younger brother, who does lots of balancing tricks who are insanely difficult. Then there's Eric, Eric Longequel, which is a French diabolist and juggler. And there's Audrey Decaillon, who does uh, club manipulation as well. And then we have uh, Simone and Nicoletta. They are Italian and they are do acrobatics. It's basically more or less all friends of ours. And we got together to make a... We have five months. We, we premiered the show the 26th of March. company is called Compagnie Cette Foisy. And it's going to be amazing. Well, we really enjoyed it last night. So tell us a little bit about what kind of thing goes on there. Because uh, actually two, two other members just turned up here and they're like, yeah, we're great. Well, the, the, the plan is to... to The plan is to uh, to put uh, the, the seven seven people together. We didn't really start out with an artistic plan. We just start rehearsing. Everybody throws in little ideas, and then we try to. What we did yesterday was two weeks of work, of little ideas, good ideas, bad ideas tossed together. Uh, in the two weeks, we found some wooden cubes to work with. Maybe that's going to be in the show later. Maybe not. So we're, we're not, right now we have, we have six months, and right now we are in the the most um, how do you say pleasant moment where there's you can, we can just experiment and propose anything. You can do nothing wrong at this point. Yeah, you can do nothing wrong at all. It's just every single idea we can we can try it out, and some work, some don't. But uh, this is the most fun part. Yeah. What's it like working with after working with two people like with just two people with two clubs or one club and stuff like that what's it now like working with seven people and always having to find stuff for seven people to do on stage because I saw last night uh, it was all good but then there was some some people doing something at the back there some people doing something at the back there one person doing the front here and then some people doing something beside them and you singing and uh, so there's always a lot of stuff going on on stage of course that's all going to be pared down you know and things like that but what's it like actually having seven creative people in a room together uh, it's, uh, it's a lot more talking <laughs> it's a lot more talking. With Sander, we can understand each other with half a word now because we work together for such a long time. But now it's everybody has his own ideas, tries to push him a little bit forward. So maybe we should try this. And then somebody goes, oh, I don't know. So it's, 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 um, the, the, the human part is, is as important as the artistic part because you have to 
work together. You have to convince other people that your ideas are great, maybe if they, even if they aren't. So it's, it's, it's a lot of discussions. It's uh, lots of talking to get to the point where everybody says, okay, let's do this. Because everybody... It, it's, I, I like the... It's not always easy because it's seven people with good ideas, really good ideas. Uh, and it's, it might be easier to work with people, some people who have some good ideas and some people who go, yeah, whatever. But I like more discussions and more input from everybody, so it's, it's fun. So you, in, in a way, it's sometimes easier to have like one creative or two creative directors and then cast members. But yeah. in this point, everyone's a director. Yeah, now everyone's a director. So it takes more time, but in the end, you get a, a show, I think, where everybody who's in it feels, hey, I'm, I'm, I really, I actually made this show as well. And if you feel like that, you defend it in a better way, I think. So uh, whose idea was this to get this group together? I mean, or was it just some of you all just talking about, and went, hey, let's make a show now? No, there was, I think it was basically me and Sandra sitting in the van thinking about, uh, because we perform a lot in the streets, but this show, Paul and Freddy, we performed it as well in the theatres. We like the streets a lot, but uh, theatres are, in another way, in a completely different way, really fun as well. So we were like, oh, why not? Uh, but then in, in a street show, you can, uh, how do you say, uh, without signing to wanky, wanky, artistic. Uh, in a street show, you, you, it's hard to be subtle. We like to be, not to, not to play too big. We like to be the little jokes. Um, and in a, in a, in a theatre show, you can, be, you can talk about other stuff. I mean, we are, we are basically, we've we always been funny on stage. And I would like to try to be a little bit funny and sometimes a little bit not so funny. I don't know. I don't know why. So, so this, this show is specifically for theatres. You want to be booked in a theatre, do a week's shows and then move on. Yeah, Japan and Australia and the States. And we want to go everywhere. But uh, yeah, it's basically for theatres um, because we're going to have some work with the lights and stuff like that. So. But then you've got to split the money seven ways. Yeah, what's that? But it was not. A, it's not a real good business plan. That's for sure. But the fun, the fun is always most important. And then we'll see about see about the money later. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, finally, let's just quickly get onto this this convention. How much have you been involved in the Chapter Two convention? And uh, and what are you doing? Because I saw you hosting the show and probably organising bits of the show last night. Just tell us a little bit about what the convention here is for, and uh, and what you've got out of it so far. As, a, as Saturday afternoon, exactly halfway through the convention. Well, it's, uh, it's Dan and Rinus who are organizing. We know them for a long time. They're young and full of energy. Uh, Dan's been organizing conventions for the past, like, six years or something, since he was, like, 13 years old or something like that. Yeah, really, really. And, and it's really, these guys are amazing. It's like, a, it's a Flemish expression that say, it's guys that see work. You, you understand? It's, you have people walking around and they don't see that there has, something has to be done. And these are two guys who go, aha, this has to be done, so I, I go help them. Really active, uh, really active people. And um, they asked to Sander and me mostly to, if we, during the summer, doing some conventions, if we met some interesting jugglers to talk to them about Chapter 2, to call Dan and Rinus to say, hey, this guy is really interesting, book them for a show. So that's what Sandler mostly did, and then they asked me to host the show uh, yesterday and tonight as well, but I, I'm going to try to get out of that one because I want to see the shows tonight. <laughs> I don't want to host them. You're actually a fantastic host. We re both really enjoyed it. Have you, have you hosted many shows, or do you just get up there and, and wing it? No, this is my first ever, uh, ever uh, unprepared, totally unprepared. It was a really bad idea to perform in the same show and to host the same show. I was, I was stressing for two things, and that's not, never a good, uh, a good idea.
I, I think you can do that if you've, if you've hosted lots of shows and you've done lots of performing and they're both easy enough for you to just do it. But like that was a new show and it was your first time ever hosting. That's like the worst thing to do, yeah. Uh, that's it worked out fine. It worked out fine, so it isn't the worst thing. It was, it was, it was good. It was great. Thing for him, but yeah. not for the audience. Yeah, the audience loved it. The, the the whole screen talking about Belgium and things like that was really good. Have you done that skit before, or did you just was that just improvised? I have the. I studied here in Bruges before, and I'm I studied to be a children's teacher. Yeah. So I have the diploma. I have the degree. So uh, so I, I talked to people before with a blackboard. So I think it's some old instincts that came up again. Right? I think that must have been it because you looked very comfortable there with a whiteboard marker saying Belgium is 200 kilometers wide. Yeah, I don't know even though it's true. I think I think it's something like that. It's just small. I it's true because now I remember it. <laughs> I keep checking. Uh, let me. For how long have we been talking without? No, no, it, it wasn't long. It was like it was it was like 45 seconds or something. Okay, one, two, one, two. Hey, we're back. Um, a little technical issue there because Bram sort of knelt forward and. I destroyed your computer totally. I think. No, you didn't. You just pulled out. You pulled out the microphone. You pulled out the microphone cable. Anyway, so we we're just saying you were very comfortable in front of the in front of the blackboard, and you. Uh, we just missed us about 35 seconds of us chatting around how actually Bram makes up the facts that he was telling us on stage. I'm not making up. There was this one correct information about the highest mountain, which is 696 meters high, and we were very proud of it. And you're just saying about like because uh, I mentioned that you explained the the, the civil war situation here yeah, yeah. in Belgium, the political situation. You were saying a friend in France said, and then it cut out, and we're like, ah. It's a, it's because a lot of people in France actually think we are in a civil war and we're shooting at each other, French-speaking and Flemish-speaking Belgians, and it's not true. It's just on the political level, people are discussing a lot, but people in the streets just go, ah, fuck it. And every time our national football team wins, then we feel like Belgians <laughs> all over again. But apart from the football. Uh, well, apart from the football, there's Justine Henna. The sports is always good for the national feelings. There's our king; we all love him. So, there, there's there's been there's a, a good Belgian national vibe, I think. Okay, and a little bit. Uh, let's just wrap this up now. A little bit about the uh, sort of the the future of the the chapter two convention, and a little bit about the future of Bram himself. What's uh, what's what's up in these two areas? Uh, for the chapter two convention, I hope they they feel like doing it again next year. I hope it gives a boost as well because there's some rumors around. I talked about it yesterday, hosting the show as well, that we want to get the Belgian, the, the European convention in Belgium. So lots of Don and Rina's working on that as well. So I hope they they manage to get it to Belgium. We'll be. What's this? There's, there's, it goes to Spain next year, probably Finland, and then Belgium again. Then yeah, but I heard Toulouse also wants it, so it's going to be an interesting competition for who gets it. The, the next the next European one. Now say why it should be in Belgium. Do it. Because, because of the great food, the good-looking women. We have a mountain that is 696 uh, uh, meters high, so we can go and visit it all together and ski off it while juggling. It's going to be great. And also, we're going to have a great venue, a real great venue. Now let's let's talk serious business now. We have this uh, indoor gym in a big, 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 big park with a big, big, big open area, swimming area. Where is it in Belgium? It's in Ghent, and it's uh, it's huge, and you can at least at least get ten thousand jugglers there. If it's in Belgium, it's going to be big because it's Belgium. It's the center of the world, as we all know. So everybody will come from all over the world to the European Convention, and we're going to beat the record of Karlsruhe easily. 
Okay, well, that's pretty good. And your future, pretty much sticking with Paul and Freddy, sticking with the, the seven, what's the group of seven called again? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to tour Paul and Freddy for at least two more years, having lots of fun touring it. And then uh, I'm hoping to get uh, with seven people to make a really, really, really good show. I hope it's going to be the best thing we made till now. And um, in your personal life, have you got a girlfriend? Are you looking to get married? I'm a juggler, so married, no. Children, not yet. I'm still so young. I'm only 32 years old, so I could wait till I'm like 60 to get children. And I have a girlfriend, nice girlfriend, who is uh, uh, studying to be a, a doctor. So I'll be rich. Wow, a juggler and a doctor together, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, only, I, I recently met one couple who was an acrobat who's also with... I thought we were the only like circus guy, doctor, girl couple in the world, but I met another acrobat whose girlfriend is also a doctor. Really nice. Wow, interesting situation. Anyway, Paul, any last question for Bram? No, I'm just thinking about couples at the moment. <laughs> like who's together with who? <laughs> Certainly, certainly a very interesting situation. Are you planning on doing any solo stuff with your juggling? Um, I, I, I was working on a little solo before, before starting this new creation. But it scares me to death to go on stage alone with clubs. It, it's, it's, I like it being with, with other people. It makes me less nervous. And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm a very really bad juggler, in fact. I don't technically... I'm not that good. I have some goofy stuff. I can get a, I can get away with it, but technically I'm not that good. So if I'm all alone with the clubs, people can see that I'm not that good. So that's what scares me a lot. Okay. Well, uh, I guess on that note. Oh, any final question, Polly? Yeah, just about the show hosting. So show hosting is a bit between it. You're uh, on the stage yourself, but you don't have to juggle. Is that something in between that you would enjoy? Yeah, I feel a lot more comfortable talking then I feel juggling on stage. Because or singing. Or, or singing. Singing is horrible. <laughs> well, that was a horrible idea to do, really. If you're not a good singer and then you're singing and you see people look at you, you go, oh, I want to die right now. So talking is easier than singing, and, but I think I prefer even singing above juggling on stage. It's making me too nervous. Well, it can definitely see you a good talker because I said, hey, let's take, uh, let's take 20 minutes and we've been going like uh, almost 35, 40 minutes now, I think. So uh, let's wrap it up there. Uh, final question, do you have a cat? I don't. Okay, and that'll do. Thank you very much for t- talking to us. Bram. Uh, perfect. You said it perfect. Fantastic. See you later. <laughs> Thank you. So there you go, that's the interview. I really enjoyed that. Polo, did you enjoy that interview? Yes, I enjoyed that interview. And you actually took part and listened to it this time, didn't you? No, I didn't listen to it. Well, you I were listening to it part, yeah. while it was going on. Anyway, so that's it. Anyway, if po- it would be a video interview, I would watch it again. <laughs> Why is that? Because he was just, interested? Why? No, it's just it would have been interesting. Okay. I know we were all naked when we recorded it, but you don't need to sort of give it away too much, Polo. Anyway, why don't you just... Just talk about... Oh, follow that. Why don't you just talk a little bit about you being on TV once more? Or don't you care anymore? Uh, no, I just wanted to mention it. Yeah. I promoted my art. <laughs> because you were talking about promoting and that jugglers don't do that very much. Yeah. I do. Yeah. All the time. Polar books herself onto reality TV shows to be introduced as artist Polar from Berlin. 
does this and showing her doing her artwork and then she gets emails and messages and phone calls from people going can I buy your art please and okay and also it was another cooking show you came second on your first cooking show that yeah, you did yeah and I came second on Again. my second and that is really really good I never expected that yeah I'm so proud you're a good cook yeah good chef yeah okay then well if that's it let's uh, let's wrap up the podcast there hope you've enjoyed this podcast number 62 62 yeah 62, 62. it really 62. was number 62 62 and uh, yeah that's it so uh, oh email send emails because we need no- more topics and more things to talk about it and more guest ideas so yeah send them in did as you well. get more questions no question show was previously okay. but if you want to send any more questions well you can do that for the, the next question show which will be in another 60 podcast time otherwise we will stop doing the podcast yes bye catch you later I go and vomit pink. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs>